0: Welcome to He Said, She Said Razor Branding Podcast with Michael Russo and Jackie Russo. To learn more about how to improve your brand, visit brandrusso.com.
1: Michael, I love this conversation uh, with Chris Bond, you know, as so many companies face challenges around recruitment and retention, of employees you know every one of our clients is facing those challenges i think chris brings an amazing amount of insight into how he personally runs his company differently and the training and education that they provide to help other companies uh better retain employees it's a fascinating study in how people can overcome what seems to be the biggest challenge in workforce right now
2: well and you know we talk about this all the time with our clients how important it is to have that internal culture in place. And a culture is way overused these days, just like branding and a lot of other words. But it is so important to have your team all on the same page, uh, using the same processes, believing in the same cause. Um, And when you don't, it's going to show up, it's going to rear its head eventually, you know, whether it's in the product or the service or uh, being able to keep people and maintaining status, you know, all that stuff comes into play. Right. Right.
1: Well, and I think the, the the interesting thing to me is, and we talk about it throughout, you know, people who don't invest in their team and in their people and, and developing them, they're going to lose them. And do you really want to keep somebody that isn't developed and growing? It, it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. So spend the time, invest in your people and keep
2: them as long as possible. Well, even more than that, though, find the right people that even want to be developed. Because I mean, there that you go. The thing. sometimes you have you have a team in place that you offer those opportunities and and they're not taken they're not wanted that's it, they aren't the right people that that jive with your mission you know right
1: right well and and you know as you said i think a couple of times during this conversation it all fuels the brand all of it decides what the brand is and so every step you take to improve your team builds the brand and every time you hire someone who doesn't want to be improved or you're not spending the time to improve them breaks the brand it's one or the other
2: Yeah. And he he spoke a lot about the emotional connections, which I love. I mean, it's it's weird how we we keep getting these guests come on that kind of line up with our with what we believe in as well. You mean it's
1: weird how Lauren does a really good job booking good guests?
2: She does a great job. Yeah. Yes, absolutely.
1: (laughs) I'm just saying, I don't know that it's weird. It may be effort. It may be doing a good job.
2: Yeah, yeah, no. And um, like I said, he, you know, relational, transitional clients and transactional and all of these different buzzwords that, that, that just line up with uh, some of the things that we constantly push out. So yeah, it was a good conversation. I'm looking forward to everybody um, hearing.
1: And so joining us today is Chris Bond with Blue Water Learning. Chris, thanks so much for joining the podcast.
0: Great to be here, Jackie. Looking forward to the conversation.
1: So are we. Uh, so one of the things that really jumped out at me uh, when I was looking at your um, company's website and thinking about having you as a guest is the way that I feel like y'all really articulate who you are and what you do. And so I was wondering if you would just kind of start us off there and sort of share that, because I think that sets the tone for all the rest of the messaging that comes and follows.
0: Yeah, great. Uh- I love talking about that. We've, uh, Blue Water, we're about to enter our 20th year in in business. And we've evolved over that period of time from just being a, a company that helped organizations with technology to something very, very different. So today, when we talk about Blue Water, the first thing we have to address is what's our purpose? And our purpose is to help transform our employees' lives by teaching them to serve others, our clients and to help our clients serve their employees as well. And we do that through relationships, not transactions. We focus on impact, not on tools, Even though we focus a lot on technology, it's got to be about what's the impact on the business. And then we've got a lot of flexible solutions and then we have to be flexible uh, ourselves. So our goal is to go out and transform the way that people look at service in the learning and talent industry, uh, which honestly has not been great. We want it to be phenomenal. And if we'll do all these things together with our clients and some of the ways we prescribe them, we partner together, then we know we can change and modernize the way that they're using learning and talent technology to meet the goals of their business. So that's really who we are in a nutshell. Now, there's a lot of stuff that we do around that. But that's the core of who Blue Water is. um, And that's how the employees really and our team, uh, our leadership really embrace what our mission, our goal, our purpose, those things are so we can go out and serve our clients.
1: I love that, because I think, you know, we always talk about being lifelong learners and how important it is to continue our education. And what you're doing is taking that and just, I mean, blowing it up on steroids. So do you, did you find that during um, the pandemic, you, I would imagine, were in even more demand as people had to work remotely, more learning was required.
0: Uh, it, the pandemic started and it created chaos, (laughs) uh, obviously for a lot of people, but in the learning and talent space, it immediately went for a lot of our clients from, hey, we're going to be in the classroom to, oh, there is no classroom. We've got to go online. Uh, And so there were a lot of things that were happening. And a digital transformation had already really started in the industry. But now let's just go dump fuel and, uh, and fire on it in order to be able to drive it faster. And out of that chaos, There were some really good things that happened, and there were some things that now need to be cleaned up. Uh, So while there was a lot of demand going on during the pandemic, the demand post-pandemic is actually greater because the consumption of learning that happened, again, during the pandemic has not slowed down. In fact, there's more and more demand that's growing, and some of the things that maybe weren't done as well need to be improved upon. And so we're seeing that migration of activity uh, in the continuation of the digital transformation happening in a way that's really, really critical for a lot of businesses and organizations. Um, and, And you see that in a lot of news stories around the great resignation, the great migration. I mean, there's so many different names that have been applied to it, but individuals are looking for meaning and purpose and future and longevity. And how do I connect with an organization? So the fact that you can go in and look at the right way to recruit somebody, the right way to engage an employee, the right way to develop them So by the way, you can recruit them again internally inside your organization is incredibly powerful. And those companies that are doing it, are really seeing fruits of that labor those that are not or experience a large amount of attrition outside of their business so uh it's it's incredibly valuable to go focus on the employees and i love the term you use lifelong learner uh that's what i've got to be uh that's what we encourage all of our team to be and our customers and everybody is you got to look at that a little bit differently right
2: it's so funny i mean we um it's almost every client and we're kind of industry agnostic we, we we cross all kind of boundaries when it comes to categories and different clients but every single one is dealing with that right now every single one and um, how do we find talent how do we keep talent how do we improve our culture how do we all these different things that are going on and it is i love what you said about recruit again like that that makes so much sense like you know like we, we hire and then we just kind of set and forget, right? It's all good. But like, how do we encourage them to keep being part of the team to mm-hmm. invigorate their souls and their energy and their, and their and their ownership of what they're doing? That just makes so much sense. I'm totally going to use that. Um, that is like really good stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. Great. I, I love, you said sit and forget. And it, it's amazing to talk to, individuals and even some companies that are like, we did a terrible job when we're doing all this hiring of onboarding people. And it's almost, Hey, Jackie, you started with the company. Here's a laptop. Here's your, here's your phone, go get to work. And then we just forgot about Jackie and didn't really pay attention. Onboarding lasted a week or two weeks. And then over the next 90 days, like, what am I doing here? What's my job? What's my role? I'm not connected to people. How do I work through that? Uh, and so that Michael, that idea of sit and forget, uh, there, there's too much of that going on. We've got to engage people if you really want to keep them and it'll making the recruiting process, uh, that much easier. And the retention process, it just, it costs so much for a business not to focus on that. Um, and and it's something that we're trying to find more and more ways to communicate what's that business case what's the model how do you facilitate that intuitively i think we all know it but now we've got to talk about it in a way that says hey this is really important
1: right so you know what i think about it as is, is marriage, right? So it seems like the recruitment's the courtship and everybody's focused on the fancy dinners out and they go and dancing and they bring bringing flowers. You're married and now it's like, okay, you're locked in legally, you work here, except it's a lot easier to quit a job than it is to leave a marriage. <laughs> yeah. So the idea has to be that we have to continue to court. And I think using education, professional development, personal development, training, um, opportunity for advancement, that's the courtship in the marriage.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a great analogy. I may have to use that one. It's all yours. First one's free. Yeah. First one's free. All right. That's great. It is, it is like that, isn't it? I mean, you get new people in the organization and everybody's excited and happy and, uh, and then how you handle that at the beginning can either determine whether you're going to have a successful marriage or you're going to struggle for a long time until you figure it out. And to your point, it's pretty easy to go find another job these days. I mean, we got <laughs> unemployment rates. There's a lot of opportunity for really right. good people out there. Uh, so, you know, go and go and get it. Uh, but it's, boy, as a business owner, I have to be focused on retention and doing the right things for the people to encourage them to serve our clients well. Right. That, boy, that, it's, it's they, so that has to happen.
2: And it's so hard right now because nobody wants to get married. Everybody wants to date and mess around. And, and like, you know, it's like the prettier girl in the room, the prettier guy. It's like, you know, it seems like the, the culture coming into the workforce right now is, I mean, you you just don't you don't have people that stay in jobs for 10 years anymore mm-hmm. and, and have that career path. You know, I'm going to climb up and I'm going to get here. It's like they're just bobbing around. I mean, our our, our internal staff has, has flipped a couple of times in the past 10 years just not out of bad situations, just change of change of scenery, you know, or, you know, the, the need to find something new.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. So you creating new opportunities for people. And I think this is a struggle for small businesses. As you look at that in a big organization, hey, there's a career path and we got a lot of different options. But as a small business, you look at that and you're like, well, how am I going to keep people for two, three, five, ten years It's a difficult proposition because there aren't the number of growth opportunities that you might see in a big business. So it's a bigger challenge. I think we as small business owners have to look at it a little bit differently and say hey are we okay with some level of attrition as long as we've got the right development opportunity internally and the answer to that could be yes i mean i never like seeing anybody go but if i can take somebody that comes into the organization maybe absent of certain skills and then we can grow them over a period of time and they go get an awesome job uh that they wouldn't have gotten a three or four years ago. Fantastic. I got to be happy for that person and, and accept a little bit of that attrition uh, that goes on. But in the meantime, how do I provide this great place for people to work so that they're engaged and they love it and they serve our customers? It just is creating a different focus on what it means to go run a small business today right. versus what it was even five years ago. Mm -hmm.
1: I was talking to, um, uh, not a client, a company uh, the other day, someone, and they said to me, and I just, I was stunned. He said, why would I spend time, uh, my time, my money, my resources, training these people so they can take that knowledge to another company? And all I could think is, so you want less trained people working at your company? (laughs) Like I just, I didn't understand that mindset. People are going to leave. It's not a marriage it's okay um the 40 years on a gold watch mentality of the 50s is gone so let's just make the best of it while we're together
0: well i'll tell you those a little bit of a bold prediction but those companies that don't want to train and develop their people will be out of business in the next five years fact because people will not stick around and if they're not sticking around then then unless you have some unique unicorn of a business that doesn't require people, you're going to really, really struggle. And that reputation is going to get out as well. Oh, uh, well, you could go over to company A, but company A is not going to do anything to be able to develop you. They might pay well. So go over there for six months and then find the next job that's going to provide that. I mean, there's, that's no way to run a business. You've got right. to have that continuity uh, that exists in there. So I think people that don't train, they're going to start losing people at a greater rate versus those that are not just training, but you got to focus on the word development as well. How are you developing people for their lives and their futures, which is why our purpose statement We came back to that and we said, hey, what are we really here to do? We're here to transform our employees' lives. How do we give them a chance to be more than they were at the beginning? That will create loyalty. That will create a better mindset in the service that we're providing to our customers and we want them here as long as they want to be here. And if they're here 20 years, great. And if they're here three years, great. Right. They can go on, move on. If we help them to become better people, then boy, we've just achieved something that's unique uh, and great. And I can't worry about the fact that, yeah, they may leave and go someplace else. That's business that happens.
2: Right. And how how important that is. I mean, obviously, we, we're, we're a branding agency, so we, we do um, a lot of uh in-depth digging into companies like we'll do a, it's called razor branding assessment that we do and we go in for six weeks do a lot of research we talk to their team we talk to their clients we really get to know them and um and usually they're surprised when we come back and we're not telling them they need to change their marketing campaign but they need to really look inside and say hey there's problems inside and that's affecting your brand long term you may not know it but it it shows it's like an internal mm-hmm. glitch you know and over time the world starts to see it too it's like what's wrong why why aren't i feeling them and and it may be something that's not on the surface it may not be the product it may be the internal way that things are are happening and it just starts to show eventually uh, when you don't tend to that culture and you don't tend to that internal
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know happiness of,
0: of your team it's uh i mean y'all are in the the branding business So y'all probably get this, and I hope those that are listening to will will see this. But when we changed our messaging from client-focused to, first, we want to transform our employees' lives, to teach them how to serve you, I cannot tell you the response, the positivity of the response that we have gotten from organizations that almost want to stop us at that moment and say, tell us more about what that means. We're not even selling blue water or blue water products and services or anything. They're like, tell me about that. And we'll have a 30 minute conversations about that. And then we dive in and say, well, now let's talk about what we will do for you. It, completely changed the emotional connection that we have with that prospect or even with that customer uh, and made it very, very different and honestly made it a lot easier to be able to go out and sell something that's going to help their organization as well. Absolutely. I mean,
1: that's the whole, the kit and the caboodle, the whole ball of wax, any you know, tried and true phrase you wanna use right there. Because when you put your employees first, then they're completely in in it. They've bought in. They're 100%. Then everybody's working together, rowing in the same direction to serve the client. That's the wind all the way across the board.
0: Yeah. And and I think, Jackie, the other thing we have to accept is not everybody's going to buy all the way in. Right. You, you're going to have some people that they're 100% in, and then some 75. And then you're going to identify the people that are 50% in. Uh, well, 50% actually may not be good enough. So can you get them to 75, uh, or, or is it better for them to find a place to where they don't, you know, they don't need to be there because that corporate culture becomes so intensely, uh, critical to everybody's happiness inside the organization. So one of the things we did was we created a program we call the Blue Water Way. It's 18 core principles of how you behave, uh how you act, how you interact with each other, and then with our customers and our partners and the other people that we interact with. It's been phenomenal to be able to go look at that. And now, um, you know, we have we have people that will call out and they'll say, OK, you're violating principle number two, which is if you're doing it by yourself, you're doing it wrong, which means everything we do as a team. Or oh, you you got to think about principle number six, because principle number six is stop and listen, let people can." complete sentences. Don't go rush out there and assume that you know what the answer is. Um, it's been great to connect with people, but it's also an identifier maybe of people that don't need to be here. Um, and they might self-identify that and say, yeah, that's not it. You still are going to have people they are going to leave for money because somebody will walk in and, you know, they're working private equity and uh, they're going to come in and offer you a whole boatload of cash, which is great. But overall, pull that stuff in and you really think about that company culture and that level of engagement, um, it's, it's vital to making sure that you have a healthy company going forward and that it all feeds on each other. And I can tell you over the past couple of years, that was probably business was great all that during the pandemic. But during the pandemic is when we began to make this transition because we had a little bit of extra time to think and to work through things. It has been our team that led that effort. It has been transformational and revolutionary for us to think about things just a little bit differently um, with that employee focus. It's been great. And now it's great externally because we're able to share it with people uh, and they see that there's something different going on at Blue Water.
1: Right. What is the process that you use for um, HR in the recruiting and hiring steps? Uh, is it straight up interview? Do you do group interviews? Do you do personality tests? Are they doing psych tests? I mean, what's what are those steps as part of that recruitment?
0: Uh, very, very people oriented. So we we're, we're go through the standard recruiting process. We're putting things out for people to apply to. We're beginning to do a little bit more candidate relationship management, which is we're going out and essentially advertising to people who could be a potential employee, even though we don't have a job that's available. Hey, mm-hmm. you really want to be part of the Blue Water team. Then we'll do traditional recruiting. So we're looking at applications. We're we're going through a process. Uh, we have an individual on our team who's just phenomenal at screening and identifying, number one, are they going to fit with the company culture? Mm -hmm. If we believe that they'll fit with the company culture, then that's the first pass. Now, do they have the technical skills to do what we need? Or are they somebody that we can develop those skills? Once they pass that first round of interviews, then we begin to get them into the organization. We give them practical assessments. They've got to go out and actually some work and some homework and prove to us what's going on, but all the while we're looking at that culture and that activity. Uh, we had tried for a while on doing, let's go do some personality assessments and let's go do some other, and, and what we found was that those weren't as effective because they didn't apply to our business, mm-hmm. that having a human touch and interaction was much better. So it's it's not an easy process to get here at Blue Water because you may go through four or five interviews and have to do a practical. So it's essentially a test where you've got to go present in front of a group of Blue Water team members who are going to act as a client and evaluate your performance. You don't have to get it right because we haven't trained you yet, but we got to see the personality, the interaction, what's going on, and follow that process specifically. And once we make it through that, uh, they accept the offer. Now the real work happens. First 90 days of onboarding, we have got to be spot on with the right training, engaging in the team, providing connectedness, making sure that they're there, and then don't stop that process uh, at all. And just get it has to be ongoing in terms of all those activities. But from recruiting that's what we're doing on the recruiting side. It's been very, very effective for us and we're willing to go invest more human time versus computer assessment time to make sure that we've got the right people with the right character to carry out the mission that we've got in place.
2: I guess so funny, they, you know, the, the amount of time, the, the process you just described in a way sounds a little bit exhausting, but at the same time, we put that effort into our client work all the time we don't put that effort into our recruitment time. You know, mm-hmm. it, it is it is amazing how, like, I, I, if I went through the process of how we developed a brand or how we did the, anything, it would be like these ridiculous amount of steps that we go through internally that we that we really you know put our time and effort into. And employment, we do some things. We'll, we'll try like a test project or this and that. But we don't go to that detail, and it. We should, you know, and everybody should because it, it's there's so much involved in that. There's so much investment in time and and trust with that. Why wouldn't you put that time into it?
0: And and Michael, we can make this happen quickly because we can make it through the entire process I described to a signed offer letter in our average right now is about 24 days. Wow. So it but it's active. Everybody knows you got to be in it and uh the head of our business services team that that uh runs hr man she is on it and pushing that process through everybody knows that it's a priority to make themselves available for interviews and meetings so less than 30 days you know and our average right now is 24 from the point in time you interview to getting a job that's where we're going to spend and some people are you know they're going to a company and interviewing and they've got a job offer in a week we don't we we can't just say let's move that quick and avoid the right process we do the right process to get the right people and do we miss out on candidates yeah all the time all the time but that's okay because we know that if we follow the process it works and we get great people
1: you know there's all those adages about uh, higher and slow fire and fast whatever it is it sounds like you Um, thoroughly but efficiently hire and then quickly and thoroughly train. So it's not about slow or fast. It's about the efficiency and the effectiveness with which you do it. And then you obviously go and train other companies to do it that way. So I I think in a nutshell, y'all are really doing a lot of things right. How do you, because I think you did a great job of encapsulating your message at the beginning. How Mm -hmm. do you feel like as an outsider looking in, your company compares to your competitors?
0: Outside looking in. Well, the first thing I got to say is, uh, especially our senior leadership team, because we're in this industry, we are so hyper-critical of ourselves. We're like, we're still not doing it great. In fact, we have an entire program through strategic planning where we're going to go improve what we're doing even more. So how can we get 10 times better in 2023 over 22 and so we're hypercritical that that's just the way that it is um so a little bit on that that i point that out to say we're doing good but i'm not satisfied with good we've got to be great at this process looking from the outside in we're doing things Versus our competitors that are incredibly unique, uh, we have what we call a Green to Great program. And the Green to Great is we're literally taking somebody who doesn't know anything about learning, talent training, um, you know, bringing them into the organization as a green resource. It could be somebody that you know just finished college. They finished part of part of college. They're coming in, and we're going to spend several years training them up and moving them through the process. And we just had a group that, uh, and we hire them in pairs or multiples uh, so that they can work together in kind of a cohort of learning. Uh, And, and so we look at that and and green to great. Within a year or within two years, they're going to move significantly up the ladder in terms of skill, capability, salary, the entire bit in doing that. We've talked to, you know, some of our competitors and they're like, where are you finding people? Because what are they trying to do? I need to go find the next experienced person. I'm going to use the old way of recruiting. I'm going to hire my way out of a problem. We've done it differently and said we're going to develop our way out of a problem. Uh, And and that problem is identification of talent and where we're going to find those people. It's it's a different way of looking at things. Our competitors are not doing that. Uh, And I think it's a huge differentiator that the entire organization has embraced. uh, And we kind of put it on as a badge of honor that this is what we're going to do and this is who we are. Uh, Let's go make that different. So practically, uh, that's it. What happens is now we have more capability to deliver services with fewer people than our competitors. And why is that? It's because we are training, developing, cycling. We can bring on new technology, other things really quickly where some of our competitors, they're kind of locked in because they went out and hired that one person that had that significant expertise but that's also a huge flight risk and they're not really going to be able to train them on something new. So the adaptability of how we work as well as is, uh, is another huge differentiator.
1: Well, and I would imagine when you go and get those expert people, they're more expensive too. Oh yeah. So there's, there's yes. a ceiling they're already at the ceiling as opposed to, and I love that phrase green to great. We're now trading things that we're stealing from each other. Um, yeah. <laughs> so to take somebody green and help them become great You want to talk about the best case for retention. (laughs) I'm going to stay at the company that's helped me become awesome.
0: Yeah, that that's that's part of the that's part of the goal. That's part of the goal. I think one of the other things, Jackie, when thinking about those, those, especially in the market that we're in today, people that would have already been at the top end of the salary are now costing 15 to 20 percent more. And now they're above that line. So when we start measuring, you know, let's get into the financial side, we start measuring gross margin against a project that we're delivering on and those type of things. We look at it and we go, man, there's no way we're going to make the gross margins that we need to be a profitable company. If we hire just a whole bunch of these top level people, we've got to find a better way to be able to go do this. Um, we, uh, they, you know, it's it's not for us about revenue. Uh, it's about driving the right business that's gonna continue to sustain us for another 20 years.
2: Right. When you right. mentioned early on too, um, like relational versus transactional, you know, that is, a, we talk about that all the time with, with our clients as well. It's like, you know, do you want the transactional client for yourself that costs more, you spend more time on, they're not as loyal. They don't come back to you. That That is anti branding. That is anti everything that we, we create. Mm-hmm. And, and again, taking that model and putting it into your recruiting and putting it into your team development and building. It, it just, it really is a game changer and how you think about those things.
0: You know, Michael is such a great point because we were meeting with our sales team last week and we were talking about the fact that it takes the same amount of time to sell a transactional activity that might cost $5,000 as it does a $100,000 annual subscription agreement. And as a business owner, you look at that and you go, well, why are we even trying to sell the 4,000? Well, that's to, or the 5,000, that's to get us to a relationship. But if we can have that relationship and have a long-term active agreement in place, have that client for life, um, it's so much better for, not just for our business, but for the client as well. The client's going to see more value in that. Um, but to your point, the the time to sell those transactions is almost equal. Uh, so I got a transaction that's just a one-time event or something that creates a long-term relationship. Wow, I'm going to go invest in the relationship, not the transaction.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. How much do you feel um, the business is from a marketing perspective that it's the referrals coming in, um, the thought leadership? Because obviously you know what you're talking about. You've done a great job of sharing the knowledge around that, or outbound effort uh, from a, a strict you know marketing advertising standpoint. How do you ratio those out? <laughs>
0: We have, since we work around technology, we've got a lot of great technology partners. So quite a bit of the business that we get is referral and relationship and the fact that we're a certified partner for these vendors. that's probably 60 percent of our business comes in that direction uh then when we look at conferences trade shows events that probably represents about another 35 percent and then the remainder is really our outbound marketing our calling uh you know picking up the phone smiling and dialing and and doing those type of things uh, I think that's one of the areas in our business that in our industry that changed so much, was Hey, we're not going to conferences or trade shows. Uh, that's where we got a lot of activity and a lot of business. How do we go adapt to that? And and as a small business owner, to me, that's been our biggest struggle is how do we change that marketing relationship uh with our clients and our prospects? We're probably in in a still in a point of transition trying to figure that out. Now, I've been to five trade shows in the last or our, conferences in the last seven weeks. So in-person is back. It's great. It's exciting. We still have to go figure out how we fix that, that external marketing message in order to be able to drive in the right talent. And it's, it's been a, it's been a challenge to be able to get there, but boy, it's great being back in front of people and shaking hands and being able to talk face to face and that engagement. Cause we always say, if we can just get somebody into a conversation then they're going to be a blue water customer. And, and it, it happens that way. So how do we get more at bats? How do we have more conversations? That's one of the big yellow efforts that, uh, that we're trying to press forward right now is to figure out how do we change our approach on marketing in order to be able to go drive that. Yeah. That,
1: that was ours too. For us, it's about how do we plant more seeds? You know, we're Mm -hmm. not going to get fruit today, but we've got to plant those seeds to get fruit tomorrow. And so um, that's always been a big focus for us. Yeah. Um, you know, being a conference speaker, I was very sad for a few years. Uh, my lanyard collection didn't grow for a while. And so it's been nice being back out there doing speaking engagements. Um, I also enjoy being able to be with the people. it's a lot more fun.
2: Well, we had that conversation the other day. I, I spent a day with one of our clients. They had an annual retreat and I got to sit in on their conversations and um one of the big topics was their trade participation, you know, and, you know, their industrial and they look at everything as they should uh, a direct reward to that. Like, okay, how many bids did we get off of that being at this conference? Do we get any jobs? How much money? I was like, yes, that is a great way to look at it, but it's not always that day. You know, like I, you may not, like Jackie said, it may not be that one time that you get somebody to sign with you on the spot. But man, that relationship may build over time, and it may be seeing you there a couple of times may lead to one of the biggest accounts you have. Um, But it's not always a quick, you know, quid pro quo situation, you know.
0: No, I, I, Michael, I agree with that. We have we have one client that we met at a conference, and this was a number of years ago, and we developed a great relationship. But it took us two and a half years to sell the first deal with them. But once we did. Well, they've been friends and clients for life.
2: Mm-hmm. It,
0: it does take a long time to be able to get there. But I will say, and and I got to be honest, the team, I'm like, all right, what was our investment in the conference? I need 12x return on on that investment <laughs> in the conference. So where are my deals? Go get me some more deals. Uh, let's go sell. Let's go follow up. So far in 2022, the conferences we've been to uh, have been uh, have been proven out our model and what we need to do. So it's been it's been great. Yeah, that's been great. True. But but I think there's a pent up demand. You can see it for a need to get back in front of people. I think that's the way God designed us. We got to be connected with each other. Um, and so it's great to be able to do that. Right. There's still for a lot of different businesses, there's different ways that you get that message out and change. I think that just my opinion as a small business owner, that's the one thing that I think has changed the most over the past three years uh, and will continue to evolve and uh, and transform. But that's, that's why there's great people like all in the world that are out helping figure out what's the branding, what's the messaging, how does that work? Um, it's really, really needed
1: you make the point about you know showing a 12x return on a conference and i think people often confuse branding with this kind of soft vague thing um or maybe it's just redoing a logo and not appreciating that every action is going to have a reaction everything has to have some Mm. measurable monitored um return on that investment if there's no roi why are we doing it yeah so I think it's a fair point. Uh, you know, 12x may be a bit ambitious, but some x I think is a fair point.
0: Well, let me tell you why 12x. Tell people me. ask me that all the time. I've told other people 12x and they're like, "No, I just I spent 20 grand on the conference, I need to make 20 grand back. I need to sell a $20,000 <laughs> deal." Well, it doesn't really work that way. What's your cost of delivering on that $20,000 project? And you look at it and if you're making a 15% net margin, then in, in our industry, you're doing pretty well. Um, so I take 15% of that 20. And now how many times do I have to add that up to get to the return on investment? That's where I come up with a, with the, the 12 X on the cost of a conference. So if I pay 10 grand to go to a conference of the one last week, I think probably costs us about 20 with all the travel and the people and that type of thing. Um, So 20 grand, I need 12X on that, sell $250,000 business on the conference. And you know that the conference is Valuable from that initial return. But Michael, I like what you say. There's the intangibles of I'm getting our name out. We're having good conversations. People see Blue Water over and over and over and over again. They're going to remember us when they're in that moment of need and they need to buy something. They need support. They need our service to help them with their learning and talent technology.
2: Yeah, I think right. there's something to be said about just being in the room, you know, and 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 being that that it's it's talk about intangibles, too. like kind of like you the cool guy in the room, like the guy that you know he doesn't if if you're too needy or you're too hungry, it almost is is a deterrent, you know, mm-hmm. but being like kind of like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm here if you need me. look, i'm there's the, no pressure sell, but i'm I'm your buddy. I am your friend. I'm you know, ain't building that that type of relationship, and I'm not in sales at all. So I'm talking about things that I know nothing about. I just have that impression. That's more Jackie's area of uh, expertise.
1: <laughs> no, but you're sounding good, Michael. You can keep it up. That was a very good impersonation of a salesperson.
0: That's yeah. great. That's great.
1: Oh, but we know, keep him in the back.
0: Sometimes I like being the most popular guy in the room because I can go help somebody solve a problem. Everybody wants to talk. That makes the sale easier. But <laughs> I get your point on. Yeah, you just don't have to always be in people's faces. Sometimes just that name recognition uh and we had a we actually had a call early early this morning and they were like you know I've seen blue water's name for years and then finally ran into you at a conference let's talk and we've got a wonderful potential project that could go on there.
1: I love when that happens. The universe provides. Yep. Um- i cannot say enough thank yous for your knowledge your wisdom your expertise your open and willingness to talk Uh, a lot of people are like oh i'm not telling my trade secrets Uh, but i appreciate that you showed up because to be able to share what y'all are doing i think it's inspiring for everyone and i don't want every ceo to think the way you and i do because then you know that's a little more competition for us but i appreciate (laughs) um that you do think that way and i'm sure your team appreciates it too um Chris Bond, thank you.
0: Well, thanks Jackie, thanks Michael. It's been great to chat with y'all today. I really appreciate it. Likewise. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, continue to success. Sounds like you guys are just, you know, knocking it out of the park right now and hopefully that um, you know, like I so said, we we've definitely learned things that that we're going to um refocus internally on. You know, like it was it was very beneficial to hear some of that thought. And and just rethink because you know we think we have it all figured out sometimes and and a lot of times we know we don't and this is one of those moments like I, I can see Jackie I, I guarantee she was emailing people during that you're talking like hey, we can't do
0: this. Have you I was taking this?
1: notes not emailing but I was taking notes of some things that we need to start doing better and that's the whole point of this right as we have these conversations and people are listening they're thinking oh man we got to do that better and then they know to call Blue Water because I know who's going to help guide them through the process
0: yeah absolutely love it
1: thanks chris it really was a pleasure
0: absolutely well thank you great to be with you
1: close all Ah. right we're done no chris (laughs) it was awesome um i'm not sure when this is scheduled for release um but lauren will follow up with you she'll send you the links and whatever um and then feel free to share and thanks for sharing your knowledge
0: absolutely no well i'm i'm thanks for reaching out i'm glad we got to do this together so absolutely thank you very much i really appreciate it
2: we have some bad weather going on outside i see that tree
0: Uh, rolling around we we do we've got uh you know it's it's like uh what is it now it's 46 rainy and windy in dallas oh wow
1: is your cold front coming to us
0: i don't know but it's definitely oh. coming here. It's supposed to be on like Sunday morning, twenty nine degrees here. Oh my this god! It's November. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be clear skies and golfing weather. <laughs> right. It's not.
1: Oh yeah, it's thirty five Sunday morning for us. Oh wow! Oh Michael, your golf game is going to be very chilly.
2: Yeah, I'm going to Jackson to play with my son at his attorney golf tournament. Um, I don't know, this should be interesting. <laughs> oh, that's
0: great.
1: Well let's let's see because if it's raining those boys are not getting out to play golf, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear.
0: I, I have wonder- I have my rain gear. My uh, brother-in-law and I played last year on uh, Valentine's Day. we had ranged it and we went we went out of town with uh, with our wives and uh, and we we're like, yeah, we're just going to play no matter what. Well, it ended up being 40 degrees but oh. the wind was 17 to 22 miles an hour from the north oh, so the wind chill was in the 20s now i'll tell you though when we were going with the wind i had some amazing <laughs> drives when we were going into the wind it was like you could have put it all the way there but we did it we were cold but it was a blast i, I love days like that ended up being fun days yeah
2: um, Unless Mike, nobody
0: I, else was on the course, we were all the only silly people that were out there. Absolutely.
1: I did just check for you. It looks like the rain's gonna hit um, Mississippi on Saturday, Sunday during your golf game. It's gonna be 31 degrees.
0: No, <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> all right. Well, I hope, <laughs> I hope awesome. you get to play anyway, and it's a good, it's a good round.
1: He will, because it's their last one. Uh, Jackson graduated. Our son named Jackson goes to school in Jackson, Mississippi. It's very confusing. Uh, but he uh, he gets his master's um, in May. So this is it. This is their last father-son golf tournament.
0: Well, congratulations on that. That's great.
1: Thanks. He's the oldest. So we're, um, we're chalking them off one at a time. Very Chris- good. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Right. And um we'll let you know as soon as this one's ready.
0: Sounds good. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. Have a great you week. Too. Thank you too. Bye. Bye bye. the day is through.